0: Live streamers, we are live on the interwebs, and we are going to be doing that very thing that everybody loves to talk about. We're talking Pittsburgh Pirate Baseball. That's right. The Pirates will be good. I promise you. Maybe not in 2023, but who knows? But One thing I do know is returning to the show to talk about his beloved Pirates is going to be... Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates. Let's check it out. It's Locked On MLB.
1: You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Hey, I got a lower third. If you watch me on the YouTubes or if you're watching me streaming, you can please, please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for the last decade or so. I spent the last four seasons here at the Locked Podcast Network. Hey, someone's already in the chat. Someone's coming right in. Jeff Cohen's in there. Hey, Jeff Cohen from uh, uh, Baseball and Barbecue, f- friend of the podcast, is here. But guess what, Jeff? We'll get to you in a second. Uh, follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I am your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Be sure to tell your smart device to play Podcast Locked MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, including, let's just take one at random here. Which one should I pick? Uh, how about Lockdown Pirates with Ethan Smith? Hey, Ethan Smith, uh, um, who I think might be hung over. What's, what's with the sunglasses uh, at, whats uh, what, 944 in the evening in Pittsburgh? How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, the sunglasses is kind of a uh, a new look for me that I've picked up in the off season when I record these shows. Uh, you know, sometimes the light on the camera and the light, you know, kind of gets a little strainy. So this can help, you know, because. Yeah. And, and I may or may not be promoting a phenomenal song that was very, very popular maybe when Sully was my age.
0: Are you talking about the future being so bright that you've got to wear shades?
1: No. Okay, for sure. Sunglasses at night.
0: Oh, that's said. right. Okay, I knew. Nine forty-five.
1: We're getting that's there. True. We're that's getting true. That's
0: true. Well, there you go. Hey, a uh, little note here. Uh, Ethan and I did a show a couple of weeks ago, and um, the uh, sound. Uh, evidently, we recorded it on CB radios. Was that basically how we did it? Like, watch your hander. We got we got a couple of smokies out there, so it was uh, the sound just didn't come out very well at all. And I decided to scrap it and say, "Do you want? I'm not going to play it." It actually ended up on the Lockdown Pirates feed, Um, but even you were like, "Yeah, uh, this this sound stunk." Um, And uh, so I said, "Do you want, Ethan? Let's do it again." The name of this episode, if you're if you're watching on the YouTube's or if you're listening, the 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 episode is called "Trying Again." And uh, is there a more appropriate mantra? For the pirates, then we're gonna try again. We're trying I mean, again.
1: They've been trying again since 1979, uh, or for closer reference, 1992. But yeah. we'll see. We'll, we'll see when trying again actually works for them, based off of doing the same thing. Because what's the old saying, Sully? You you do the same thing, or um, what is it? I I I knew it, and it,
0: then I forgot. Insanity it. is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result.
1: There you go. And, I mean, I guess I'm an insane person because I talk about the Pirates every day on Locked on Pirates. Doing the same thing every day. But, you know, it depends on how you look at it.
0: Well, I'll tell you, a friend of the podcast and, uh, and former guest, Jeff Cohen, he says the Pirates is one of Major League Baseball's great franchise. Baseball is better when the Pirates are competitive. I totally agree with you, Jeff, and I have an incredibly soft spot in my heart. For the Pittsburgh Pirates and their history and everything like that, I have the Clemente uh, biography right there as I'm pointing at my little library of books and everything like that. But it's been a lean, save for the 2013, 2014, 2015 seasons when they made the p- playoffs three straight years. They got to within one swing of the NLCS in ninety in 2013, and they had one of the best teams in baseball in. 2015 but they ran into Jake Arietta at the worst time um, it's been downhill ever since now the Pirate I, don't, I mean again I don't mean to be a dick but you know the Pirates have been uh, it's been a it's been a rough few years to the points where arguably the best player Brian Reynolds has uh, asked for a trade and you know I always find when you when it becomes public that a, a player asks for a trade Um, that's rough because you know that team has zero leverage when it comes to trading him now because they know he wants out.
1: Yeah, and I agree 100%. And the big thing with Reynolds ever since really I've been the host of this podcast for the last two years, last trade deadline, he was reportedly available. He was not moved. The deadline before, he was an all-star. He was a Gold Glover, Silver Slugger, whatever like award you wanted to give to the guy that he was a finalist for. And the the one con, like constant thing that has been a constant here with the Brian uh, Brian Reynolds saga of for the Pittsburgh Pirates is the asking price has always been way too high, right. way too high. And I've already heard some people say that they're looking for a Soto type deal. Obviously, they're not getting that for Reynolds. No um you've heard other people like in the past say that julio rodriguez was their asking price from the seattle mariners a few years ago a few years ago i mean uh, at this point why not i mean because if you have no intention of trading him which is what the pirates have come out and said they said they respect his request but they really have no plans of trading the guy. What that causes now, and you probably know this, covering baseball as long as you have, you have a guy who has three years of team control left on this team. He's here until 2025 if they don't trade him or not. But what you've caused now is a rift and what you said, when it becomes public, it hardly ever ends well. Hardly yeah. ever. So the only way it does is extending him. And that's something the Pirates don't notoriously do.
0: So let me let me ask you something that could potentially make this be a, a happier a happier ending for at least uh you know at least Reynolds. Um, what if they put a good team around him? I know that that's a uh, that's a strange concept, but what if they did that? What if they went out and you and I talked about this a little bit the last time when you were on here and the sound was, uh, you know, sounded like we were recording uh, on a satellite off of Neptune. But, you know, what if they go out and, like, see what, you know, I'm not saying they're going to sign Correa or Dancy Swanson or Carlos Rondon, okay? But what if they picked up a couple of the middle-tiered free agents? What if they pick up a veteran here or there and fill in some of the spots with, you know one year deals for some veterans and you sort of say hey let's let's surround you with veterans and and roll the dice to see if we can get one of those you know 86 wins will get you into the playoffs in all probability and let's what if they just you know you know piled up a bunch of you know free agents who were you know not going to be big long term deals but at least Hey, see what you see if how you like it here with veterans around you.
1: Yeah, and I think that was the most puzzling thing about that news coming out in the first place was before this like report came out that he wanted to be traded, they'd already acquired G Man Choi at the very bright beginning of the offseason. They That's then right. pick up carlos santana which i was very thrown off by because i did not think carlos santana would come want to come to pittsburgh with Mm -hmm. the age he's at and where he's been then you also consider they move on from kevin newman and bring in dowry moretta uh relief arm, and now recently they've picked up vince velasquez and jarlin garcia two guys that are going to help in the uh rotation in the bullpen they have as Jeff just asked, promising prospects that are going to come up and help this year that you wish would be up here right at the beginning of the crack of dawn of the season because O'Neill Cruz probably would have swung five games for you last year and you wouldn't have lost 100 games again. Yeah, But again, it is a crazy concept to think, oh, just put a winning team around them. I agree. I mean, that would be the easiest recipe to pretty much – put the whole ensemble together and make Christmas dinner great, right? Like it would just be, okay, you got the ham already in Brian Reynolds. Why not add the side dishes that'll make Christmas dinner great since it's the holiday season? You know what I mean? It it sucks.
0: You know, it does. And when you take a look at, sometimes you got to roll the dice and sometimes you got to bet on your own team and try your best to sort of say, Look at where we may, may not put together a championship caliber squad, but maybe, just maybe, we can be a team that could, you know, you know, win your 86 games, get one of the playoff spots, and then it becomes a surefire bet that life as a pirate fan would be a lot better. If you're going to make any bets, guess where you go? You go to bet online. Net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline. It's where the game starts. Resetting with Ethan Smith. Hey, Ethan. Um, I don't know in terms of the big prospects coming up through the system. We'll talk about that in a second. Pirates get the number one pick overall. For They're the going to pick time first. time in three years. Second time in three years. So let's remind ourselves who was the other number one pick overall. Henry Davis. Henry Davis, fine catching prospect. Now, how much? Uh. How many more years do you think until Davis becomes a major leaguer?
1: Major Leaguer full time or major leaguer in
0: general? Yeah, when they pulled an Adley Rutschman and and say, guess what? Here's our new here's our new catcher.
1: Um well it gets very interesting now because Henry Davis, of course, being the prize possession he is as a number one overall pick, was not even the best catcher in the Pirates system this year. Uh, no. that would be Andy Rodriguez, who was a guy that not even a few weeks ago, was the only catcher on the Pirates 40-man roster until they brought back Tyler Heineman uh, yesterday. Whoop-dee-doo. They bring back a guy who hit 214 and can play a little defense behind the plate. Yay. Is Andy Rodriguez going to be here at the beginning of March as he should be? Probably not. He didn't see that much time in AAA, and neither did Henry Davis. So I think what ends up happening with those two – as you're probably gonna see one come up for like a cameo because of an injury, kind of like we saw with Leover Pigero last year, where he was here for like two games and then you never sniffed the majors again. I think you see something like that, but Henry Davis, I think you'll get him more in the back end of the year, July, August, maybe for a couple months, to supplement what's going to be a poor catching position if Andy or Davis are not here very early. But it's a wait-and-see game with this team because, you know, the three favorite words that come to mind with Pirates fans, service time manipulation. It's the stupidest thing that has ever existed, and it's something that because it's not against the rules, they're always going to do it. So that's the main reason why we don't see them.
0: But, you know, how has it been working? You know, how's it been doing? You know, it hasn't been working, and they still trade the players away. You know they got a couple of the players. Uh, we last time you we were on, we talked about Quinn Priester and um, Nick Gonzalez, and uh, what was it Piguero? What's the what's the the, the Leover Piguero? Yeah, thank you. Um, again, with the way this team is now, like I I don't see a downside for picking up a veteran infielder, picking up a veteran outfielder. Picking up, and you know, I thought you know, picking up Carlos Santana may just be that he's like, Hey, this gives me a chance to play every day Mm -hmm. and you know, get some swings, get some at bats, revive my career, get a couple more players like that. And it almost seems like they have to do two things get a veteran who you know will at least be a stopgap, and every name we just said, bring him up, bring him up right now haven't been too like you don't say henry davis is going to be you know here full you know your full-time catcher in the major leagues to me you know tomorrow or or um you know nick gonzalez is not going to be your starting everyday infielder but you have him on the team with a veteran kind of crash davis nuclear lushing it and I don't see the downside of that, especially when we have seen, that's the thing that drives me crazy, that we have seen with Philadelphia, with San Diego, two franchises that were irrelevant just a few years ago demonstrated there is a way to turn things around. There is a thing to make your team relevant again. And they play in the central Central does have the Cardinals and they do have the Brewers who are both fine teams. You don't know what – both of those teams could take a big step back. And we know the Cubs aren't 100% sure what they're doing. And the Reds are a mess. So if there's ever a division to say, hey, what's the worst thing that happens if we just bring our young players and a stable veteran and see what we we can mix together?
1: And you bring up a great point in also adding to the fact that with at like the additions of veteran help, those guys are not immediately being asked to be all star major league players right off the bat. Even Mike Trout, for all that he was worth, was not that great in his first couple weeks at the major league level. Did he end up winning rookie of the year? Yes. That's because he had a really pretty good Angels team around him when they brought him up. I right. for like from what I remember. But
0: yeah, the 2012 team contended. They were they were a good squad.
1: Yeah, and Mike Trout was just a supplement to that at the time. That's all he was supposed to be. And that would be what you're saying is the initial goal here. Carlos Santana, Brian Reynolds, Key Brian Hayes, Oneil Cruz, the guys who are already established, let those guys stay the established parts of your team, but then have the Quinn Priesters, the Henry Davises, the Andy Rodriguez's kind of be that push for you to get to what you said, 86 wins. Let them be that little push that – that shove that you need because there's one team that did that very well this year that I think a lot of people forgot because they didn't win anything. The Atlanta Braves, Michael Harris, Von Grisham and Spencer Strider were three of the biggest reasons why they even went to where they got to yeah. and chase down the New York Mets to win the NL East this year. That was really the, and then you mentioned Philadelphia and San Diego. Fernando Tatis Jr. was just an supplemented addition to what the Padres already had going on here. What did the Padres also do that I wish the Pirates would do, even though I know they never will. They went out and spent a boatload of money on Manny Machado, who ended up being phenomenal for them in the postseason this year. Mm -hmm. And is easily, to me, the best third baseman in baseball. Shout out to Nolan Arenado, too. But I can't say a Cardinal's the best third baseman in baseball. It's just infuriating from not only being a Pirates fan standpoint, but from the fact that I know that my team isn't the only team doing this. If that makes well, the, sense.
0: Yeah, it does make sense. And I think the Padres have forever taken away the the small market argument for a lot of people. You're not going to get a smaller, smaller uh, market than San Diego for a major league team. And yet somehow they turned over enough cushions and recycled enough cans to say hey we're going to make our team better and with that one of the best ballparks in baseball petco park is going to be packed next year and a generation of padre fans are going to have their best memories uh jeff cohen our good friend there at uh, uh, baseball and bbq says pnc park is one of the best in baseball a good team will fill up the stadium night after night i hope so I really hope so. I remember the electricity in 2013, when that place was jam packed, and you know waving the towels and wearing the black shirts, kind of blacking out the stands. I mean, Pittsburgh is it can be a great sports town. I saw the fish and say Pittsburgh clearly. It can be a terrific sports town, but you can also you get the sense they're dying to have a good pirate team to get behind to enjoy that and. You know, why not, even if it's even if it's a short-term thing, why wouldn't you try to do the thing that will get a new generation of fans hooked or at least give them some memories?
1: Yeah, and, and that's where I kind of get upset is because for me being a, I don't know what kind of generation of Pirates fan I would be being 24 now because I've seen them have four winning seasons record-wise, three where they actually made the postseason. For me, it's just something I'm used to. Now that I talk about the team, I look at it very differently. But from what I know from people I know in Pittsburgh, most of the time PNC Park is just a pregame hangout before you go downtown. And and it shouldn't be that way. And it, no, it shouldn't. It really
0: shouldn't be. Since 2009, or since the beginning of the 2010 season, 15 out of the 30 Major League Baseball teams have won at least one pennant. And so if you're on one of those other 15, now granted, The Pirates have joined the Yankees in that discussion, which is surreal. Um, But that being said, there's really not an excuse at this point to put a decent product on the field and, you know, at least try to give the Pirate fans one winning season. Yeah. Ethan Smith is here from Locked on Pirates. Let's be positive for a second, shall we? Okay, because the way the playoffs are set up, it is possible for an unlikely team to go on a big run. Because you have the Brewers are a team filled with veterans, they could be a house of cards that collapses. Let's think about let's think about the wild card teams. You know, you have the the East has the Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies. Those are three really tough teams. You know, Los Angeles and um, San Diego are in the west so chances are the central is only going to have one representative but the mets are a veteran team and veteran teams could have off years the cardinals are a veteran team a veteran team can have off years you know the phillies overachieved to get to the world series they could very well underachieve remember they've only finished one game ahead of the brewers in the regular season There can be an alignment of the stars that sees the Pirates making the postseason. What has to happen in order for that to happen? And is Shelton the right guy to lead them?
1: What has to happen? Um, One, Brian Reynolds still has to be on this baseball team. That's for starters. We'll see how that whole saga works itself out because it's, what, December 14th? december 13th depending on when you're listening to this he has to be on this team no ifs ands or buts and in good spirits but he's also the kind of guy i already know he's not going to sit out or do any of that holdout garbage you're gonna need key brian hayes to step up in the eight year 70 million dollar role that he was paid to step into you need that to happen the pitching assets that you've acquired in the offseason and pretty much any asset you've acquired in the offseason has to be a boom. I mean, there's a lot that has to go right for this team to even think about the playoffs in 2023. Derek Shelton's the kind of guy that gives me vibes that when this team does have a good, like you could go on paper and say this is a good team, he gives me the kind of vibes of the guy that will lead that team to where it needs to be. The only question I have for him And what I've always had a question with with Shelton so far, can he take that next step over? So I think if you know, like, it's like once you get into predictions, you know, the Pirates are not going to be high on any prediction board this year. Right. Can Shelton get them above that? Sure. I have not made an official 2023 predictions episode yet because we still have about three months before or two months before pitchers and catchers report. If you had to ask me what the Pirates record roughly is going to be right now based off of the team they have with Brian Reynolds still on it, 75 and 87. Sad part is being a Pirates fan, I consider that a resounding success based off of what I've seen over the last couple of years. Because If this team gets to 75 or 80 wins, 2024 looks a lot, lot nicer than 2023 or any year prior to this rebuild.
0: Well, that'd be now, like a 20, that'd be like a nearly a twenty game improvement. I mean, that would be you're yes. you're on the verge of, you know, putting a winning product on the field.
1: Yes, and to get to where you're saying, I don't see eighty six wins in any stretch of the imagination, unless right. Mitch Keller or Rowanzi Contreras all of a sudden turn into Cy Young candidates, which. We've seen, as you mentioned before all the time, you've seen Stranger Things or Stranger Things happen in baseball all and the time. And I've seen Stranger Things. So
0: seen and Stranger things, things, the
1: wonderful show as well. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. what the Pirates have to do to get to 86 wins is run up that hill, as Kate Bush would tell you to do. Um, but anyways, it, we, let's go back to the conversation that me and you had that nobody was able to really hear. What was the one big issue that you said the Pirates and not only the Pirates but a lot of other teams in baseball have that are rebuilding or have prospects that are great. You have 26 spots to fill a baseball team. Why not put the 26 best players out there?
0: Well that's that was what I said that it the I can't believe this is a radical statement to make, but a baseball organization should put their 26 best healthy players on the major league roster. And if they start to play well enough to earn a larger paycheck, then cross that bridge when you get there, you know, but the fact of the matter is this team, you know, you, if you have 20, who who's on the major league roster are 26 best healthy players. You can't look to your AAA squad and see any one of your 26 best players unless they're, you know, injured or rehabilitating an injury, you know, you have to put your best players out there. You know, when you think about, you know, a, a team like the pirates, if they get off to a decent start, if they have a decent April, you know, uh, you can't win or lose a pennant in April, but you can put a tone to the season of, Oh, we're still here. We're still here. As opposed to, well, it's May 1st and we're already 10 games out. You know, it's you know, the school's gonna be out soon, and the pirates are already thinking about trading away their players. You gotta give your fan bases a a summer. Now I said this on a podcast when uh Gabrielle Starr, former host of Lockdown and Gabrielle's been coming up a, a couple of times, but um when when she was on, I was saying that the we were talking about um, the Red Sox at the time, but I think this applies to every team. A baseball team does not owe their fan base a championship. They don't. That would mean 29 fans, 29 franchises fail a year. And I don't believe that it's championship or bust. What a horrible way that would be to live. They owe you a summer. There's summer entertainment. And, You know, part of me thinks that if you don't have a winning season, if you have five losing seasons in a row, you should lose your draft pick. Or something. Something needs to happen to basically create an incentive to put a good team on the field. And teams that are in perpetual rebuild. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking like, you know, what are you you're you have a fan base that is coming of age. Without, I mean, using the rule of seven, if you're, you know, 10, 11 years old, you don't have a memory of the Pirates having a winning season. You know, they owe you a summer. And if they can't put a winning product on the field, or even look like they're trying to put one on the field uh, starting Memorial Day, then they have, by definition, failed. Because this is their job to do that.
1: Yeah, and also you look at it even from the, uh, the broader scope of things with sports. Once, like the Penguins, for instance, are done, or the Steelers obviously do not play during the summer, what else do sports fans in Pittsburgh have to do? Watch the Pirates. But if you want to go to PNC, Spar- uh, PNC Park and spend your hard-earned money on parking and seats and beer and whatever you want to spend it on, wouldn't you rather spend it on a team that actually looks like it's meant to be there yeah, and and that's where I agree with you. Is it's not championship or bust for every team. For some teams, it may be that way, like the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Mets, the Braves, etc. It may be that way for them. But for well, a team like been
0: a lot of bust, there's been a lot of bust for the Mets and the Yankees. Yeah. I mean, there's been, you know. Anyway, I digress.
1: But you look at teams like Baltimore last year, for instance. What did Baltimore give their fans last year? A fun, a fun season,
0: yeah. for the
1: most part. They didn't make the postseason, but I had, I, you had Baltimore fans and, of course, Connor Newcomb, the host of Locked on Orioles, saying that the season was a resounding success. They didn't even have a winning record, from what I remember. They might have. I don't remember if they do, did or not. They had but, a summer.
0: They had a summer. Yeah. They had a summer to go to the ball. There was a reason to go to the ballpark.
1: Like, um, actually, the best, I think, the best example of this would be Seattle, not this year, this past year, but the last year before that. when they didn't even make the playoffs. But just the fact that that last game of the season against the Los Angeles Angels, they had a sliver of a chance to go to the playoffs for the first time in 20 years. You would have never saw an atmosphere like that anywhere near any of these other big market stadiums that are just used Mm -hmm. to it. And it was just nuts. And that's what I'm saying. I get what you're saying is you're saying most of the league, just give your fans a reason to show up to your stadium. And then guess what? If you give a reason for fans to show up, what does that generate for these owners that are already rich enough to spend anyway? Gives you more money, and it's free money pretty much out of your pocket because that's tickets that are being sold and butts that are in seats and kids that are making memories at your ballpark that can actually say, wow, Dad, I enjoyed watching the Pirates play today. Not, wow, Dad, you took me to a 10 nothing blowout against the St. Louis Cardinals. I, I, it's it's something I could talk about for hours.
0: Well, but unfortunately, we have to eventually wrap this show up. But I yes. will say, that's what I'm hoping for. I want to see the Pirates put together. You know, you know, give your give your fans give your fans something to cheer for. Come on, do do the right thing there. But hey, I want to thank. I it's my job is to give you all a decent podcast, and so thanks so much for making. Lockdown MLB, your first listen. For your next listen, obviously make it Lockdown Pirates. But for your third listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Talking about the Pirates with Ethan Smith of Lockdown Pirates and bringing up the astonishing concept of putting your best players on the roster this has been locked on MLB live stream on the 13th day of December 2022 I'm your host Paul Francis Sullivan that's Ethan Smith please call me Sully but do you what don't call Ethan Sully